0: Greetings friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. We are still in the book of 1 Corinthians and today what I want to do is I want to clarify something that I said last week. Uh, A friend of mine brought up the issue and so I think that I may have brought some confusion and I want to make it very clear about what Paul is saying in first Corinthians chapter 6 when he's talking about not suing the brethren so Holy Spirit we thank you that you are the teacher that you show us and guide us and lead us and direct us and you bring revelation to us Lord so I just bless you Lord and thank you for helping to get this message across correctly for those who are listening today. Father, I just pray that you would remove any confusion and I just thank you for bringing clarity on this issue in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So back in first Corinthians chapter six and I, we're going to have time. We'll be able to get into, uh, the end of, uh, chapter six, but at the beginning of chapter six, Paul is having an issue because what was happening in the Corinthian church is they had these trivial matters and they were taking them to, um, un you know, judges that were magistrates, so to speak, that were not born again. These were, um, ungodly people. Um, you can call them ungodly. You could call them unbelievers. You could call them the world, um, but these were heathens they did not know the lord and so instead of working out the issue among themselves they were going between they were bringing these matters between before heathen magistrates and uh paul called it before the unjust instead of bringing the issue before the saints now the other thing i wanted to clarify is uh that the way Paul is referencing this, we have to assume that these were very trivial, small matters. And, you know, Proverbs 18:19 says something very interesting. Let's just look at that scripture I'm reading out of the New King James today. But Solomon writes, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city and contentions are like the bars of a castle. That's Proverbs 18, verse 19 a brother offended. So, if you're having an issue with another brother or we're going to say brother, but that could be brother or sister and you take them to court to a um before an unjust judge, then uh you know, Paul has an issue with that. And you shouldn't be doing it. And that's what he's saying. So, let me clarify. Today, it's still is relevant today when we have issues against another brother or sister, we are to work them out among themselves. Paul Paul even says, you know, uh, let me find the scripture. He says in verse 7, Now therefore it is already an utter failure for you that you go to the law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather... Let yourselves be cheated, um, and let me go back up to chapter uh, verse four. If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are at least who are at least esteemed by the church to judge? In other words, you think you 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 folks think you are so full of wisdom and knowledge, and you're puffed up about your extraordinary gifts and da da da. Well, isn't there anybody fit among you that could? Have wisdom enough to judge these uh, differences between the brethren? So, you know, they're claiming that, you know, they, they are wise, they are knowledgeable. Yet, Paul's saying, isn't there somebody among all of you that could actually, that does have wisdom, that could actually judge these matters? So, Paul has a real issue with them taking small, trivial matters To an unjust judge or magistrate because it really is a reproach on the church. It makes the church look bad. It does. And um, it's a dishonor to the Christian character. To carry little matters like this um, to heathen to heathen magistrates judges. So. Let me make this part clear as well now if there is great damage to yourself or your family then you're going to have to use lawful means to to bring about a righteous judgment okay so that's you know kind of obvious you're going to have to bring it before you're going to have to bring those matters up before a real magistrate or a real court system when you've got big issues that are very damaging to you or your family. Um, You know, um, we're not bound to just sit down and take it lightly and, and suffer the injury. No, we, you know, we can go through the court systems. So I may be Last week didn't make that clear, but I did want to take a moment to make that clear because I may have made an implication that, you know, all matters have to be dealt with between the brethren. That's not true. When they are big, huge matters, yeah, you're gonna have to take them before the court. Um now the other thing I wanted to and, and re and let's just go back a minute to the small trivial matters paul's just saying even why even why even go there why even bring up an issue um you should as a christian just put up with a little bit of injury instead of provoking a litigious thing and a, you know causing all kinds of harm between you know another brother and sister um He's just saying, you know, the ties of mutual love ought to be stronger between the brethren. And um, we're reminded about Romans 13.10 that says, you know, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Or in the New King James, love works no harm to his neighbor. So the love of the brotherhood uh, is a principle you know we want to we don't want to hurt or injure other people in the, in the in our church family and uh you know this takes a you know it can get pretty hairy so oftentimes a good pastor can help bring remediation um if you have a christian lawyer in, in the church you know they can help work through i mean they know the law they can work through things but trivial things we shouldn't be bringing before heathen magistrates so that's all paul's talking about because that's what they were doing and he thought that was he did not like that all right so let's start with uh first corinthians chapter 6 12, verse 12 and we're going to read uh through verse 20. paul writes all things are lawful for me but all things are not helpful All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Boy, if there's anything I want you to remember out of today's message is remember that statement. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but the body is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. What are we saying? If you call yourself a Christian, sexual immorality has to cannot be a part of your lifestyle because once you became born again, your body belongs to the Lord. Period. Verse 14, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, meaning Christ, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him, with Christ. Verse 18. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Oh boy. Um, Let's go back to Verse 15, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? We become one. As soon as we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we become one with Christ. We are in him. He is in us. And the scriptures tell us that. So we're, our body is a member of Christ. We're, we're created, right? We're made and created in his image, and in his, likeness, in his likeness, and then we get born again, and we receive his spirit, and now our body, who we are, all, all of us, all, part of, all parts of us, uh, body, soul, and spirit, now we are members of Christ. Our bodies are members of Christ. So Paul poses the question, do we take this member of Christ, our body, and have sex with a harlot so if you're committing fornication in other words if you're having sex outside a marriage if you're having sex within your marriage uh, with a, a different partner committing adultery um, then you have taken God's body and you have uh, combined yourself when you have sexual intercourse you're um, becoming one flesh with that person. And he's repeating what Christ said, for the two shall become one flesh, right? When a man and a woman make a decision to get married, they become one flesh, the Bible tells us. And that's in Genesis. And so when we do that, um, now we make ourselves one flesh with a harlot, with that person. So it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. If you're a married female and you go have sex outside of marriage with a man or you're a married man and you go have sex outside of marriage with a, a, with a woman, you now become one flesh with that individual. And what have you done? You've taken your body that is a member of Christ and now you've joined that body, the mem- that member of Christ, with a harlot, with somebody you're not supposed to be having sex with now you've become one flesh with that individual that is like not a good thing but verse 17 says who but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him and he just says flee sexual immorality I honest to gosh <laughs> I I probably could go on quite a spree here, but sexual immorality is is like so rampant today. It's not even funny. I mean, so many people are committing adultery, committing fornication. Fornication is like, it's like, why do we even talk about that in our society? Because it's common. It's common. It's accepted. It's accepted behavior. Right? I mean, people don't even think about it. If a guy and a girl live together today and they're not married, nobody thinks anything bad about it. They just actually they think it's normal. And there are plenty of Christians out there doing it, too, guys. So come on. This is sin. You have to recognize what it is. You have to repent of it and stop doing it. And move out. Because you can't live together. You either make a commitment to get married or you move out. It's simple. If you're struggling in that area and you're saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, right here, the scriptures are making it very clear for you, okay? You're living with an individual. You're not married to them. You're having sex with them. You're, you're a Christian. You're a believer. You're committing sin. And if you want to make things right, you either get married to that individual or one of you moves out. Because it's, it's, that's the way it goes. That's what we're talking about here. Flee sexual immorality. Every, man that a, every sin that a person does outside the body, he commits sexual immorality. I'm sorry. Every sin that a person does is outside the body. But the person who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. And that's, that's the whole thing. When you look at verse 19 and 20, Paul's trying to make the case, which is accurate. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we house the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We carry him 24-7 wherever we go because he lives in us. He's holy. That's why he's called the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit who lives in us is not going to, really like you having sex outside of marriage or sex with another partner when you're married because that's not holy it's sin and paul says you were bought with a price what's he talking about he's saying that christ shed his blood for us we were purchased at a price and what was the price that Jesus gave his life he shed his blood for us to be redeemed from sin so we we um see when we when we're in Christ we're not only sanctified we're completely we're declared completely the lord's property i'm the lord's property I belong to the Lord first before I belong to my husband. And justified. In other words, we are declared completely not guilty of any past sin. So um, you know, we don't want to, you know, once we get born again, this is this is how the Lord regards us. Think about it like this. You get born again, okay? All right, before being born again, you might have committed all kinds of crazy sins, sexual. You might have had, you might have been bisexual. You might have been committing fornication and adultery and God knows what. But once you get born again, do you know how the Lord sees you? He regards you as a chaste virgin. In Christ's eyes, you are a chaste virgin. Whether you're married or not, That's how he sees you, okay? So you belong to him. You're his property. His body, your body is his and his alone. And so if you do anything with your body sexually that is impure and not according to scripture, you have committed sin. So let's just be clear about that. And that kind of sexual sin, fornication, intercourse outside, sexual intercourse outside of marriage, adultery, sexual intercourse with another partner other than your spouse, those things are rampant today. Rampant, rampant, rampant in the church. I mean, they're rampant in society, but the world, but they're also rampant in the church. Then you add, you add this other little thing in there called pornography. I've talked about that before. 65% of pastors are addicted to pornography. Our young people right now, I know just in West Virginia, that the young people are addicted. Young, we're talking young people. I'm talking high schoolers are addicted to pornography. What kind of craziness is that? What do you think pornography is going to do? It's going to cause them to commit sexual sins and really go down a path that they're going to wish they never went down. So, pornography just opens the door to more sexual immorality. Paul is saying, flee, 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 flee sexual immorality. I'm saying that to you today. I'm saying that because it's important. You were bought with a price. You know, that price that Jesus paid on the cross, there's not a human being on this earth that has already lived or, go- or going to be born that would ever do what Christ did for us. No one would ever take the beating, the scourging, the disgrace, the horrible whipping that he took and suffered on the cross for us so that we would be cleansed so that we could become a chaste virgin before him so you see sexual intercourse is more than just the physical experience it's more than that see that's what that's what we forget it's involving a communion because since jesus is one with our spirit as a believer he's one with us it's unthinkable folks it's unthinkable to involve Jesus in immorality it's unthinkable if you're doing it I mean get a grip here do you think Jesus is thrilled that you're you're having sex outside of marriage you're a Christian he bought your body with a price and a precious price. He shed his blood for you. And it's time for you to stop doing that sin. Repent now. Repent now. Tell the Lord that you're sorry. And you don't want to do it again. See what you don't even understand is this. When you have sex with somebody. Outside of marriage. Or. You You have an adulterous affair with another individual here's what happens when you join that person in sexual union you you become one with them and all the garbage all the demonic spirits all the struggles that they're struggling with you're gonna struggle with why because you become one with them hello so it's not just about the physical experience. Oh, no, 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 no. You better think twice because you're talking about affecting your spiritual life. You're you're talking about affecting your psychological life. This is not one like. Uh, I don't know, like, you know, a one night affair, like, oh, boy, whoopee, I'm going to go have fun. Oh, my. There's a, there's a serious price to pay. A serious price to pay spiritually physically emotionally psychologically you have no idea what you're doing you have no idea what you're doing because the enemy has deceived you into thinking it's okay and you can get away with it and nobody knows and nobody sees well God sees everything God sees everything you're doing you know people like to do those things in the dark hidden we well, think God doesn't know what you're doing you think he doesn't know you're having sex outside of marriage? Do you think he doesn't know you're having sex with some, somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband? I mean, wake up, church. Wake up. Judgment begins in the house of God. And if you are engaged in any of that kind of sexual immorality, you are under great deception, and you need to come up out of that and get a grip because you are in full-blown sin and it's not going to go well for you so i'm just you know i'm just trying to make it clear here the i know this isn't what you want to hear well hey you might go have you might go have a homosexual relationship outside of marriage or you might have a homosexual relationship and you're not married And you're calling yourself a Christian. Listen. Listen to me very clearly. If you are a born again Christian. And you are in a homosexual relationship. And you think that that's okay. You are clearly deceived. Clearly deceived. Clearly. It's sodomy. Remember. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Where do you think we get the word sodomy from? I won't explain exactly what that means. Because I don't want to say that on air. But that's what they do. If you're you're having a lesbian affair and you're a Christian and you think that's okay, you're under great deception. The Bible has made it very clear. And who made it clear? Paul. Paul. Here's what Paul says. He says Therefore God this is Romans 1:24. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creator worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, if you're listening, you better get this. This is Romans 126. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men, With men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. I don't think that's more clear than, you know, because I know people today are saying, oh, it's okay. It's okay if you. Uh, you know, you want to have a homosexual partner. You want to, you know, whatever. And you, you love God. Oh, we love God. You better read God's word because he's real clear. And you better come out of that relationship because it's not of God. And don't tell me you can't because you can. So. OK, well, we are done with chapter six. And uh, Hey, you may not like what I had to say. You may not listen again, but. I'm just, I just teach you the word. I just read it to you straight out of the scriptures. And um, so, well, this is Don Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. Next week, we'll be starting chapter 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to get into talking about marriage. And, um, you know, these are controversial things, but we got to discuss them. That's, we've got to get these things aired and cleared Cleared up according to scripture. This is not my idea. These are not my thoughts. This is the word of God. Amen. So um, anyway, I look forward to being with you next week. Um, I would certainly appreciate your financial support. You can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85. That's P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060 two six zero six zero and i appreciate your prayers i i hope that you are praying for this ministry it's an important ministry so with that i say um shalom shalom peace be unto you